You're watching Meet the Movie Press, and coming up, we're going to be talking about a little movie called Star Wars The Last Jedi, the major, major Disney Fox deal, and our own top ten list. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. Hello, Simon! Hey, last show of the year! Oh my god, I'm gonna miss you, big guy. I am, it's how many, we got three weeks off? Uh, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I can't count. It's too early do. in the morning. I'm going to turn up next Friday anyway, even though the studios are closed. <laughs> Just banging on the door. Just let me in. Guys, welcome to Meet the Movie Press. Yeah. What a the year. The season finale. What a year. Uh, I am your host, Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the tracking board, tracking-board.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Snyder. And with me, as always, Simon Thompson. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Showbiz Simon. There's also a Facebook page. Ooh. This is Simon Thompson. All right, big guy. So, hey, yeah. I saw hey. you. I saw you Saturday hey, well, night at the Last Jedi premiere. Yeah, I know. Hanging out. I was in the areas I was supposed to be in. Jeff, who went in the VIP area and got thrown out? That's, that's a that's a bald face lie. <laughs> um, you did sneak into the. I I super, all super I did was go down a flight of stairs and then yeah. I and then I found Oopsie. myself in the VIP area and then my buddy and I were like, well now we can't really leave because we know we'll never get back over on yeah. this side of the velvet rope. But after an hour of it, because everybody else was on the other side, mm. we got bored. It was just celebrities talking to each other. We were like, you know what? Let's let's go be with our own kind. Well, I was <laughs> our own kind, the tribes. So we, I basically was up. I went in the upstairs area where you could see right. directly down. Yeah, a uh, lot of little chitty chat. Going on there. JJ Abrams was in there. I saw. I saw JJ everybody. Was I mean, in there the, having a the, chat. Laura the, Dern was the taking Disney royalty that turns out whether it's Bob Iger or Kathleen Kennedy or JJ or John mm. Favreau is pretty impressive. Ava DuVernay. I like the fact that you were standing there with the with the bucket of popcorn that you got given. Was so that, I know I look ridiculous carrying the bucket around. Yeah. I definitely do, mm. but. It's a souvenir, mm. and I did it, the same thing for The Force Awakens. I carried around that fucking bu- po- popcorn bucket, and I know how stupid stupid I look, but I have it. The bucket from the premiere. Kind of look like a tourist. Yes. Boyega didn't have a popcorn bucket. I, Abrams didn't have a popcorn bucket. Listen, if there was something else, you know. But maybe they were looking at you going like, that motherfucker's got popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love some popcorn. It would have been better than some some of the, the, the food the was good though. I didn't I, I didn't love it. I went to the and it's like look at me. I'm complaining about the food at the at the Last Jedi premiere. Like what a fucking asshole. But I went to a, like yeah. a Marshall reception the other night, yeah. a reception for the movie Marshall, yeah. and I thought the food was better there. Okay, you know I well, like burgers and I'm a simple man. Yeah, burgers and fries and little grilled cheeses. I I'll tell you know. what you should do on what? Uh, the. Uh, trackingboard.com you should uh, you should forgot have the hyphen hyphen <laughs> Uh, you uh, you need to have a little section on uh, nibbles that you get. <laughs> yes, I should be a food Rate critic. Them. That would be yeah. rich if anybody out there knows me. You can call it like rotten tomatoes or something. Simon, when you yeah. s- when you snuck up behind me, I yeah. I, I, I thought it was R two D two with that chrome dome. I know. I often get confused, <laughs> uh, and I sound as manly like, as C three PO. Oh, uh, the the security was Snyder. super intense. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised you made it through. There were there were bomb sniffing dogs. Yeah. There was mirrors un- underneath the cars. It was in. 
incredibly I want to tight yeah. that security. But it yeah. it actually went really smooth. It was much Did. smoother than the Force Awakens. Yeah. John Boyega um, made it, which was good. All right, so so enough of the premiere. Yeah. Uh, we're so coolness. <laughs> what did you think of the movie? Uh, I really liked it. Um, I'll be honest with you. When it started, and this, uh, this is going to be no spoilers. Right, we're not going to no do spoilers. Spoilers. It's, but honestly, it's up. not because of of you guys listening. No, it's the engineer in the booth. <laughs> I really we, appreciate it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Yeah, we, we didn't we didn't want to spoil it, it for him. So uh, <laughs> I don't really care about the rest of you. <laughs> uh, well, I do. And Simon wants um, to, now Simon will tread carefully here. Yeah, got to tread carefully. Okay. Um, when it started, obviously super psyched to be there. It was an amazing event. I, I, you know, a fantastic atmosphere. Um, and it was nice that Ryan dedicated it to Carrie. Where that they, was a very that lovely was really, note, really nice. Yes. That went down well. So the movie starts, and I'll be honest with you, not, no spoilers, but it starts off with, with a bit of humour quite early on. Like the first five to ten minutes have a, a couple of moments of There was a lot of humour in this movie that uh, I... I, love. Well, I was like, oh, ah, I don't know about this, but uh, it actually really grew on me. Now, Ryan has taken a lot of risks with this movie because it's like when you go and see any franchise film or film in a series, whichever way you want to use the language, um, and you go and see a Harry Potter movie, you know you're going to get a Harry Potter movie. Uh, when you see a James Bond movie, you know you're going to get a James Bond movie. It's going to be much of the same. And I think Ryan's taken a massive risk with this by the fact that this is very different to any of the other Star Wars movies that we have seen. Um, in tone, in pace, its its duration, uh, the number of characters that it has in this, and obviously what is going on. There are a number of big storylines uh, here. And some characters that, that appear and then kind of disappear towards you know different parts of the movies. There's, there is a lot to follow. Um, I think this... It's funny, after Force Awakens... A lot of people were crying out for the fact that, oh, that felt like something we'd seen before. Fans loved it. Ryan has taken the risk to do something very different. This is not a Star Wars film that we've had before, which some people will really like and some people will really dislike. I know you've had people who went to see it last night and didn't like it. My brother saw it in London last night. He was like, meh, he wasn't really a big fan because it wasn't a Star Wars movie. Mm -hmm. It's a difficult line to tread. Do you give them more of the same and people complain that there's nothing different and new, or do you give them something new and risk right. take the chance? Um, Carrie Fisher in this is, is, is great. They haven't... Obviously, the film was pretty much completed before she died. Um, it was completed, in fact. And so she tried everything she needs. So the way that they handle her in the film is very naturalistic. And you're watching it now in hindsight going, obviously, she's no longer with us. But it's interesting to see what they did with her. I feel that there's, there are moments here that don't quite work. Some of the chemistry is not there. I think there are too many characters, yes. some of whom are, are vastly underused. Yep. Um, and I think some of the acting is not consistent. I think there are some characters that are thrown in and featured in the trailer like the uh the, the snow animals yeah the little snow fox kind of kind of wasted kind of superfluous um but the dynamic and the story i actually really enjoyed i think there might be moments where i was like okay i'm ready for this to move on now it did feel a little bit sort of the pace was slightly off in places yeah. but visually i think this is some of the most stunning work that we've seen in the, the in the entire Star Wars franchise. Visually, it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and and I, I, I agree with you. I commend Ryan for taking risks with some of this material. Yeah. I think the cinematographer is Steve Yedlin. Yeah. Uh, yeah, be definitely beautiful images. Unfortunately, this movie is easily 20 minutes too long. A Star Wars movie should not be longer than 135 minutes. Mm. Um, this movie is over two and a half hours, I believe. Mm. And you definitely feel it. And the second act is stretched 
thin. I, I thought I gave the credit uh, the film credit because I thought it took off in its third act. I thought it re- that's when it soared, but it's a long time to wait. Um, Garth Franklin, uh, the proprietor of Dark Horizons, yeah, uh, he has tweeted, um, you know, because the, the there's a big gap between critical response and fan response, both yeah. on Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Although I, I think IMDb it's faring a little bit better, but Garth says you can basically be popular and bland. Or divisive and interesting, and he's yeah. glad that Ryan went the latter way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, I wasn't—I'm not a Star Wars guy, as yeah. as you all know. Yep. I don't really give a shit about this franchise or mm. these characters or anything. Um, I—it's I, just not for me. I, I thought I wasn't sitting there like miserable. I, I wasn't like not enjoying myself, uh, which is something I think that Ryan does pretty well. Like the, the pace is re- relentless; it doesn't yeah. slow down at all. No. But yeah, I kind of just shrugged afterwards. I thought it was going to be better. I had really high expectations for it, mm. it being Ryan um, and how much drama has been ar- surrounding the other Star Wars project. But there was nary a peep here. Yeah. You know, like from a creative standpoint, it sounds like things went pretty smoothly. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on the uh, on the fact that it does move along at a fair pace. I think for me, when I when I made the statement earlier that um, I think there were you know moments that were sort of a bit a bit flat. Um, I just think there are some scenes in there that are kind of superfluous that could have been pushed into other scenes, and I, then that still would have worked more effectively. And that would have brought. And down I understand the he time. did he did already do that because I think I read an interview with the production designer who yeah. said that you know the, the script called for 160 sets, and by the time they actually went to shoot, it was down to 125. Yeah. Um, I just feel like this movie is still like a slave to the past. You have R two D two in there, C three P C three P O. Like they're in it for like two seconds. Like what's the point? Yeah. Either move on, or or why are we spending so much time with these new characters and just tell the story that you want to tell with Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher? Like the the blend I didn't think really worked. Daisy and Mark are kind of doing their own thing in this movie, yeah. and I know that's like the Empire way, the, the the Empire you know Strikes Back way of doing things, separating the characters and stuff. I'm not a fan of John Boyega's Finn, uh, you know, just tonally. Um, what I let's talk about what I loved, which was Adam Driver. What did yeah. you think of him? I, I thought he was he was definitely one of the high points for me in this. Yeah, I, I think Adam Driver is just honestly a far better actor than all these people. Daisy Ridley, John Boyega. Uh, and it shows. Um, I was just really into the movie anytime he was on screen. Uh, and and for what it's worth, I also like Mark Hamill, who you know is not a master thespian by any stretch, this but is... he plays this role perfectly. And it's it's the it's the strongest sort of I think outside of Empire, it's the strongest character portrayal and moments in the franchise for the character of Luke Skywalker and I think he really does run with that. What do you like prefer out of these three new movies, Rogue One, Force Awakens and Last Jedi? What was I your favorite? Rogue, Rogue One um, I think is is probably my favorite out mm-hmm. of them. Um, I mean there are the moments in The Force Awakens that just genuinely stirred me and there was also that thing of the fact that you hadn't had a new Star Wars movie for so long mm-hmm. there was that nostalgia thing which i think added to the excitement uh i really love force awakens but this i think is is the most it's the most interesting and it's funny someone in the in the chat is saying that people need to stop using the phrase the movie took risks uh, because it's a constant complimentary statement uh no i don't think it is i think sometimes a movie that takes risks is a negative as well as a positive 
Um, but no, I mean, I, I just think it, it, Force Awakens for me was obviously one well, no, I was basically a New Hope redone. Um, I think the performances for some of the characters were better in Force Awakens. I think Oscar Isaac was better. Um, John Boyega is great in this. You know, Daisy Ridley is is, is good, but I think Oscar Isaac really was D- given. Daisy some is good once she gets off. You know, yeah. wherever she is. Yeah, I think sometimes she. she it, some of the script was a little bit, a little bit hammy at times, but. That's also one of the reasons that I do like Star Wars, because there is that element of cheesy, cliche hamminess. Um, what do you think of the Porgs? I actually, I actually genuinely enjoyed those. Um, I was very worried that they might become too much of a novelty. Um, but I actually think they they're were quite used good. the right amount, but, but I, I just wanted them used in a different way. I wanted them to have an actual story purpose, and to me, they, they didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I 100% agree with you. And whether yeah. we'll see them uh, moving forward in the next... In the next film in the series, I don't know whether it'll be one of those characters that they kind of put in the background. I probably suspect that will be it. It's kind of the gimmick for this film. I don't see it becoming sort of more... There's a few new additions to this franchise. Yeah. I liked Kelly Marie Tran the yes. most of all, I think, as I think Rose Tico. Her performance was generally good. I think there were moments that it wasn't quite right mm-hmm. um, when she was kind of getting getting a feel for the character. But as a character and an addition, I did genuinely really like her. Um, and I just I just know how many you know people out there are feeling empowered by by seeing an Asian protagonist on the screen, mm. um, and, and I think that's really awesome. Um, Benicio I- del Toro, though. He did nothing for me. You see, I'm really undecided about that. I thought he was actually a pretty... I thought he was a pretty good addition, an interesting character. Um, And I won't say what the character is, because going into this, you have no idea. Um, I'm still on the fence. There were moments when I liked him, and there were moments when I'm like, I think you've just been put in as, like, a a cheeky character. And I I don't know what he added to it that they couldn't have done in some other way, or... By using characters that we already are aware of that we could have u- utilized, yeah, or where they're going to go and use this character much again in the next movie, I don't know. But I, I thought he was interesting, but I don't think he was necessarily. Here, here's the thing that maybe bothered me most, and I've just, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't worship her like a lot of film writers mm. do. Laura Dern, I mean, she's just, she's just always kind of playing that same kind of bitchy character you know like she played on big little lies uh recently um it's it seemed like she was just there to like give poe stuff to do and yeah i mean i i kind of agree with that i actually really liked her character i just wish i, I mean I, I spoke to her afterwards at the, at the premiere um i i really liked her character being in it i would have liked to have seen it having a bit more to, to go a bit further with it and mm-hmm. to have, have a bit more of a... Feel a bit more integrated into in context. I mean, obviously, there's a reason why she's there, and I won't explain what that is. But I just would have liked to have seen them go a little bit further with that, give it a little bit more meat on the bones. Um, but I, I, I actually... She was something that I really thought was, was a nice addition. Again, um, I, I, again could have given it more, though. I don't, I, I'd give this movie two and a half stars, I think. Um, but... You know, when I when I when I go to my blog ranking and it's like you know the standouts, the yeah. good movies, the good movies that should have been better, the ultimate disappo- the movies that were ultimately disappointing. I feel like this one is ultimately disappointing. I thought it was could get a best picture nomination from everything that I had seen, mm. uh, you know, beforehand from Disney, um, and I just I don't think that this is anywhere close to a best picture nominee. No, I know I, I totally agree, and, it, and, and as much as I really enjoyed it, and I did love it, um, I had a, I had a great amount of fun with it. Um, I I'm going to go and see it again because I want to make sure that I'm watching it 
in the right context and not the I was at the Star Wars premiere and isn't it so right. Carrie Fisher's dead kind of melancholy. I do want to go and look at it in a completely different light. Yeah, I may end up seeing um, it again. But I'm, I mean, I, I, I think certainly, I mean, I was never really going to peg this as a best picture. I think the day that we see a Star Wars movie for best yeah. picture is not, it, we're not there anytime soon. But I think there are a lot of technical things that I think this could um, potentially be nominated for. Cinematography, I thought, was was some of the most beautiful of course. pieces of cinema that we've seen this year. Some of the set pieces are truly spectacular. I, th- I think in the end, I still prefer The Force Awakens. I think, the, I think okay. the Force Awakens is my favorite of the three. As as you said, I think that Rogue One sort of has moments. Yeah. Um, and and this film has moments too. Most of which are in the third act. Uh, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's no, all I, I got. And there and there was no uh, after credit sequence, was there? Uh, I the didn't premiere? stick around. I wanted to get my phone and go and have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, I'll I'll see. I've, I haven't seen anything about it online, so I don't know. But to be honest with you, I'm like. Okay. I'll just no. Um. So should we move on from yeah, the let's movie? Move on. Uh, yeah. Let's move on. What about? Give me the box office. Though. Okay. So uh, previews for uh, for Last Jedi uh, here in the US did forty five million uh, last night. Now to put that in context, comparing it with the other two most recent movies, uh, it's the second biggest Thursday preview ever. Um, number one is Force Awakens, uh, which was fifty seven. Um, so it's below that, but it's it's doing okay. As far as the weekend, okay, it's forty five million. Right in, 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 like a night. I'd say I'm in that slightly it's very good in one <laughs> night uh okay so box office for the weekend we're looking at 200 million so those predictions kind of haven't really changed right. i could see it perhaps going a little bit up from that but not a huge amount i think word so in between force awakens it. and rogue one it's, it is it feels it's like. slap bang because force awakens was 248 uh rogue one was 155 so that right, really right is kind of right in the middle that's, so that's fascinating yeah um but i think in the next couple of weeks i think it'll hold really nicely over christmas um yeah. i think there'll be people who will go and see it i think it's going to have a very very strong weekend this weekend um and then it'll be interesting to see what happens as we head into the new year it's all about that repeat business are yeah. people are the fanboys going to keep coming back yeah you know judging from these early reviews yeah. it doesn't seem like it but you know we'll see i think it'll hold well i mean i can see certainly over the christmas period it's staying in the top spot of yeah, the box there's office, not a lot of competition it's just jumanji yeah well jumanji uh greatest showman yeah, but, uh, pitch greatest perfect show. three in the post coming out now i don't see i don't see the post topping uh greatest showman i think uh is going to do well jumanji i think will be the real surprise that's going to be for me in this season if we're looking at the top three over the holidays i think it's going to be uh last jedi i think it's then going to be jumanji mm. uh then greatest showman and i think then pitch perfect three um that's kind of where I, I i see that line Pitch perfect the three is going to do better than the greatest showman my friend well, I, just say, I i would like to think i mean i we, we've the, seen both well i've seen both of those uh i i know we disagree on this but i really enjoyed the greatest showman and we're, I not think ta- be, we're not allowed to talk no, about no, no. It. that is under um, embargo I yes believe. absolutely and um, but i i tweeted and i said i really enjoyed it um the right we were allowed to tweet yeah um but i think there's going to be an audience that'll pick that up certainly the the mums the families the the women going out and surfacing surfacing that part of the audience to me it's just like it's not uh, we're thinking about it in terms of hugh jackman musical and those tend to do pretty well or whatever but it's not lame is it's you know it doesn't have the brand cachet it's an original thing um, and I just don't know how many people are it's excited. Light, it's lighter than that. Cir- circus Rouge. movies don't do that well. Difficult sales. I was thinking that when I was watching it. I mean, I, you know, I 
I, it moved me. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's very, you know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so that's where the box office is. Also, Ferdinand's coming out this weekend. That's looking at about 15 million. I was not a fan of Ferdinand. I had quite high I hopes can't believe that. you have to go see something like Ferdinand. I, I was working on it for E. So uh, okay. I, had, I went to see it. I, I probably wouldn't have. Got to bring home that bacon. It. And then also sneaking out that probably no one will notice is Beyond Skyline, um, the sequel to that terrible sci fi movie that was out a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. But apparently it's very good. But I have literally uh, received, heard, nothing about this and it's sneaking out now opposite star wars so uh, uh, it'll be on vod soon and i'll catch it then speaking but. of vod i yes. just have to say last night i spent 99 cents to watch better watch out have you seen this movie uh no it's like a twisted Jeff, actually sorry yeah. i need to interrupt but i actually saw this uh, about two days ago yeah oh. what'd you think i liked it it's it was good i like it's it it like the best 99 cents i've ever spent yeah it was off of uh, i i streamed it off shutter uh-huh. It was a Shutter exclusive. Yeah, it was, it was a really great. It, film. it was. It was like a Twisted Home Alone. All right. Um, nice. Speaking of Home Alone, that is the studio. Ah! That, uh, that is a movie from Fox. Yeah. Fox bought by Disney. A mo- uh, I, uh, first of all, there's all kinds of numbers. You know, when you count in the stock and all this stuff, it was like was it 52 billion? Was it 66 billion? Yeah. I don't know how many billions it was, but it was a lot of billions. Disney is now. Uh, has now bought Fox. It's just subject to regulatory approvals, yep. uh, the DOJ, all that stuff, and and this one is expected to go through, uh, even though you know some people have objected, uh, not but not to the extent of like a Warner Brothers AT and T merger. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, obviously a lot of uh, huge implications. Huge. Yep. Um, first and foremost, the human element, which is that a lot of people are going to lose their jobs, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, sad in it's an industry an un- that is already. Right, contracting, contracting and compressing, and yeah. uh, you know it, it is a sad reality of the biz. Um, and there's obviously a lot of overlap uh, between you know the marketing, distribution, production teams at, yeah. at Disney and Fox. But from you know the rumors that Fox will be basically folded into Disney as a label to make sort of edgier fare, yeah. stuff like Alien and Predator and Die Hard and Kingsman and yeah. you know that kind of stuff. Um, and it sounds like Fox Searchlight. Will also stick around, so you know, because they do something really well. Mm. Uh, they have a, a certain skill set that very few people, I think, uh, in Hollywood have. Um, and and Disney would love to be back in the awards game. I think. I think yeah. Chris Tapley did a good story about that uh, at Variety yesterday. Um, you know, the studio has never been big in the awards game. It's never been that big of a player. Mm. Uh, and yeah, now if it comes in armed with Fox Searchlight, which is having a really good year between Shape of Water and um, yeah. uh, Three Billboards, you know they're back in the mix. What what, what were your big sort of takeaways, Simon? I mean, I I, I don't I generally I don't see this kind of um, takeover merger, whichever way you want to you know uh, label it. Um, I I think they are generally very rarely good for the industry. Um, yeah, it's bad. It's one less buyer. Yeah, it's one less buyer, and I think it means that if you got, you know, in any release window, it means that one body is going to monopolize, and I think that's unfair, especially when you've got the likes of Sony who've had kind of a difficult time, bar the odd release. You've got the difficulty then of, of people like Paramount who've had a very big time, you know, and, and Universal have have had. They've done. You know, they, they have certainly have their hits, but it hasn't exactly been a, a stunning year for them. Warner are doing. You know, they're, they're doing good, mm-hmm. but I don't think. And I. I I, it always concerns me with this kind of thing. I think also um, sort of with regards to um, just just f- in the physicality of Hollywood, you have just being on the Fox lot this week. Um, we don't know what's going to happen with that. Disney going to be leasing it. I mean, are they going to move up to Burbank? Are Disney going to move down to their studios? Are they going to keep it on as an ongoing concern? I think there's a lot of heritage that comes with that. Um, I think it's going to be there's 
going to be an option. We discussed this previously with some really strong franchises coming across which I think is going to be very good. Um, but I think that can make Disney a little bit lazy because they then don't have to come up with any new IPs, any new ideas, right. because a lot of this groundwork is already done, mm-hmm. which I think creatively is not great for the industry because it's more of the same. And, you know, audiences are, already showing, point. Audiences are already showing it's that they want stifles fresh, innovation stuff. a little bit. So I think that's a problem. Um, I think as far as money behind it, I think it means that potentially because you've got things like Fox Searchlight coming in, Disney, when they want to dip their toe in... In creative content they now would not be able to do that under disney they were previously able to do that under the likes of touchstone and buena vista but really sort of lower level movies they could push out they moved right. away from that we could see disney doing those smaller mid-range releases which the industry is kind of lacking sort of the, the 30 to 50 million dollar budget mm-hmm. movies um so i think that could be quite interesting i just think it's a shame because fox is has been such a big part of the Hollywood landscape, which we are going to, it's still going to be kind of in existence, but it's not. But it really be the same just thing. as a label, yeah. And um, to go from f- a six major town to a five major town is, yeah. is a big, is a big difference. Um, I, I mean, but now Disney controls, you know, the X Men and the Fantastic Four. Will yeah. they be integrated into the Avengers? Will that completely change Marvel's? Phase four plans now that they have access to these characters. I think uh, rebooting and recasting Wolverine is going to be a priority. I would be amazed if Disney don't put a Wolverine movie out in the next three, four years. I'd um, be absolutely stunned. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, it sounds like, you know, th- this deal is not going to fully come to fruition for 12 to 18 months. That's yeah. what the Disney CFO said. And really, you know, after that 18 months, then you can start doing stuff mm. so it could be another six months to a year after that yeah um so these movies basically what i was saying is something like gambit i think will end up being made um yeah. i had my doubts before because i you know i thought the deal would just i guess i was forgetting about all the regulatory hurdles that it would have to jump through mm. um but yeah i think a movie like gambit is safe i don't know if you'll start seeing like maybe that full new mutants trilogy though you know, I, that Josh Boone's been talking about. But we'll also, see. Like, like I was saying, I mean, Disney has, because of its branding and because of its, its the way that it's positioned itself in the industry, it might be a chance for them to do some darker, more adult stuff, which will then be more of a natural fit because it's going to be part of their DNA. Maybe we could say, I mean, I'm not hopeful. I think they probably probably more than likely want to close the door on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I think it would be if there is something that they had toyed with the idea of doing, now it enables them to do that with less of a risk. Mm-hmm. It kind of lays down the groundwork for that. But um, I just think it's a, I think it's a shame, you know? Um, and it is going to change. I mean, just from a... Uh, from an industry point of view, you say a lot of people are going to move their jobs. There are going to be production jobs that are going to be lost. I think there are going to be people who, if you go to the Fox lot ever, a lot of a lot of you guys unfortunately won't won't have had that um, luxury. A lot of the people on the Fox lot are these sort of independent production companies and production houses and directors they have deals with. They're going to have to find a new home now, um, you know. And do you do you get the Disney situation where you're on the main lot, or do you get put out in Glendale, which is kind of like on the outside? It's like what what do you you know what do you do? Where's your positioning? Where's your home in the industry now? And I think from a press point of view, I think it makes it a little bit more. It, it, it makes it a little bit more difficult because all the ball and the control over products and stuff is right. And especially as and well with net neutrality, I think is going to really affect the online film journalism. We'll get to this later, but the film journalism stuff where a lot of people have blogs and stuff like that and small websites, the ones that currently are doing okay and existing, I think that's going to affect as well. And I think if you've got 
people who then form editorial and, and advertising alliances with certain brands over other brands. Right. You then get people being locked out, which I don't think then is necessarily a good thing. Can be a good thing because a lot of the quality of the low-lying fruit in the online journalism stuff is really kind of needs to, to – it's hobbyist stuff and it – wouldn't right. be a Mo- bad movie thing fans have sort of become changed. movie critics for for better or worse. There are there are um, agencies that rely on relationships with these studios. <laughs> they have a studio with either Fox or they have Disney. Now, obviously, you can't have two opposing agencies working on the same. So that's going to be agency side is going to be difficult as well. And from an agent point of view, where a lot of people who have talent right. that are aligned with certain studios, they have picture deals or they have agreements. All that stuff is back on the table up for negotiation now. So we're going to see a little shift in that bit as well, which, you know, it's difficult to know exactly which way that's going to fall over the next sort of 18 months, two years. But potentially that that could cause problems because they have the, the ball is more in the studio one, court than the star. One group of people who will be happy, though, is theater owners because Disney has been so yes. protective of the theatrical experience yep. with their with their movies. Uh, you, you can now expect that will extend to Fox, mm. uh, you know, their, their Fox titles. Um, can be more difficult for other studios to get those screens now. Right, Which because now a- now Disney can re- like like Disney movies sort of get a sweetheart deal with theater owners yeah. because they drive so much business, and will Disney now sort of demand those same terms for its Fox films? Uh, yeah. That will be interesting to see. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot at stake there, and, and I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty of stories uh, over the coming months about how it's all going to shake out. And also with sort of the the uh, sort of the, the the digital side of the business, obviously we know that Disney are doing their own their own Netflix with all their contents mm-hmm. coming off Netflix and Amazon and stuff like that. Um, so I think then to see if they look at doing something like that with Fox. Or they're going to put Fox in with that as well. So that could be quite interesting to see. Um, okay, we got a lot of show left. Uh, we still have to get to our top tens. Let's just run down the news really quickly. Okay, cool. There's going to be a 48 Hours remake. There is. Uh, from the Safdie brothers mm. with Gerard Carmichael starring. Mm. Is this a good idea or a horrible one? No, I say leave this alone. I mean, I love 48 Hours. Um, you know, Nick Nolte and uh, and uh, and Eddie Murphy together. That's, that's an absolute great thing. I just don't, I, I wasn't feeling this. I love 48 Hours. It is really where all, you know, I, I did a thesis uh, paper in college about interracial really? uh, buddy cop movies and stuff like oh, that. Cool. And it all really started, um, you know, or, or at least one, one of the forefathers is certainly 48 Hours. I, I just, this this formula, the, you know, the premise is so broad. Why don't the Safties just go and create their own buddy cop movie with Gerard mm. Carmichael? Why do they need to take advantage of... You know, and play on that. Basically, exploit the IP, the forty-eight hours IP. Why mm. link it to that? Have have all the comparisons. You're not going to win that. Gerard Carmichael is not going to win that with Eddie Murphy. Sorry. Um, and the Safties again. I respect these guys. I didn't love Good Time. I mm. thought it hit a wall halfway through and, and went off the rails. But the first half was a masterpiece. These guys just don't strike me as really big commercial filmmakers. I don't know if they think like that. And uh, it's gonna be. I'm very curious to see if this a ever happens and b what it, the hell it looks like when it does. Yeah. Um. It, it certainly. I was like, eh, I don't know. Uh. Yeah. What else? Woody Harrelson joined Venom. Nobody knows. Nobody knows what the role is. Mm. Not a bad thing. Could he be playing Carnage? I potentially. He wouldn't be bad. Um, yeah, I don't know. 
so so no no clue what that role is, but I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, I, even in even in films. What so a I'm, cast for that movie! It's really really strong. Holy shit! Really strong. Uh, um, Sony's definitely deserves some credit he, for he that one. He adds something to everything that he's in. I mean, he's been in a couple of movies this year that I didn't like, but I liked him in them. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a good it's a good bet. Stranger Things star Finn Wolfhard is joining Mackenzie Davis yep. in The Turning, a yep. little supernatural movie. Uh, I like both those actors. Regina Hall from Girls Trip is joining uh, the Shaft movie. Yes, yeah, as Sam Jackson's uh, ex-wife or wife or whatever. Stephen Cable Jr., who, whose movie The Land, I, I didn't, I never got around to seeing, no, but I'd heard either. good things. He's going to be stepping in to direct Creed Two instead of Sylvester Stallone, right? And I and I need to make some calls on this. I'm very curious uh, as to what happened there. Um, I don't think Stallone was ever really right for the director's chair on this project. Okay, I think he has a certain style that that maybe fits the Rocky movies, but this is a Creed movie. Yep. Um. So, uh, yeah, so congrats to Stephen Cable Jr., um, you know, coming out of Sundance and, and getting a big job like that. I would still like to see him do a bit more directing, though, because you know, when, when, he, when, he, when he brings it home, he really brings Dude, it home. Dude, he has a movie with Adam Driver, where Adam Driver, I think, is playing like a paraplegic or something like that, like a soldier. Oh, okay. Um, and I would really like to see that get made. Actually, that sounds really interesting. interesting. Guillermo del Toro is directing a remake of Nightmare Alley that mm-hmm. uh, Kim Morgan is co-writing. That's kind of cool. She's one of us. Uh, and he's also producing this movie, Antlers, that is, uh, has Scott Cooper in negotiations to direct. He's mm. got Hostels out this month, um, which, which isn't bad. Did you see it? No. I liked it. You know, it's not great. It's not perfect. Uh, but it may be the best thing he's done. Okay. Uh, Scott Cooper. Uh, Will Smith producing a, a movie about Michael Jordan's detour into baseball. That, mm-hmm. that was on the blacklist. Did you, do you follow the blacklist at all? A little bit. Yeah, uh, we, we pay pretty close attention to that and, and the tracking boards, hit lists and everything. And um, uh, Do you know Anna Klassen at Bustle? Mm-hmm. She had a big J.K. Rowling uh, biopic on it that was like sixth on the list. It's pretty cool. There's also a John Hughes biopic in development oh, on there. I would love to see um, that. There, there's a lot of cool stuff, so check out the blacklist over on uh, the tracking board site. Uh, Andy Machete is teaming up the Russo brothers on something called The Electric State. I saw this. Uh, I know I, very little about it, but I like the yeah, Russo Yeah, I don't really brothers, know. So. I couldn't really get a handle for the for the project based on the logline and stuff, but that's an intriguing pairing mm-hmm. uh, coming off of it. And then Killer Be Killed is being turned into a movie... Um, I don't read many comics. I read Saga, Saga, and I read Killer Be Killed. So I'm yep. kind of excited to see that on the big screen. Uh, Simon, what joined the National Film Registry? Okay, quite a few things actually. Quite a few, couple of interesting ones. Uh, Memento, uh, Christopher Nolan's Memento. It's now actually the most recent release uh, that's on the National oh, okay. Film Registry because uh, you basically have to have you have to qualify as in your 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 creativity uh, importance of your film, but you also have to be released at least ten years ago. Does Memento ho- hold that for you? No. Yeah, it's not a movie I really go no. back to. I remember when it came out, everybody kind of, you know, they, they kind of went crazy for it. But I think it was it came at the, at the right time. It's a clever movie. Like it's, it's a, a clever, clever movie that movie. you see once, yeah, and you're blown away by. It, but it's not a movie like the Usual Suspects, where you, you know it, it's not yeah. just about the I twist. I totally agree. Yeah, the Usual yeah. Suspects I could watch a zillion times. Uh, but I mean, you, you know me. I, Maybe I have, not now. I kind of <laughs> have a love hate relationship with some of Chris Nolan's movies anyway. Some that you know I I, I love more than than others by quite some margin. Uh, Titanic was also in there. Uh, um, Superman King of the World was in there uh, Goonies was in there and yes. Die Hard Dumbo oh, uh, I was Spartacus. Die Hard not in there yet no, well I know and Spartacus, <laughs> Spartacus. Yeah. I thought Spartacus was 
already in the registry, but no. Um, also, what I didn't realise was there's actually, and I wrote a piece on this uh, for Forbes, if you go to Forbes and search my name, um, you can, uh, the, you can every year, members of the public can nominate movies to be considered for next year. So if you ever, when a lot of people say, oh my God, nobody ever asked the public on these, this is actually one of those things that you can get involved in. So if there's a film over 10 years that you want to nominate and you can justify why you think it should at least be considered next year, you really should have a think about that and do it. There's a link in the piece that I wrote for Forbes. Um, but yeah, some interesting ones in there that I genuinely thought would have been in the registry already. Um, but I'm really pleased to see, like, I know they're kind of puff movies. They're not, like, uh, masterpieces. But I'm just really glad to see the things like Die Hard, Goonies, Superman being, yeah. you know, saved and and Not given. everything needs to be a Kurosawa Ab- film, Absolutely. You know? And I think people forget that sometimes. So I was really pleased with that. Also this week, um, uh, it was announced that Oprah is going to receive the Cecil B. DeMille Award, uh, which, is, uh, which is great. Oprah bre- and I breathed the same air the other night, you oh. know. At that Marshall Street, did you get a she, car? She hosted it, so Oprah was actually sick. She wasn't shaking hat. She wasn't shaking hands. She's not a big handshake. So she was uh, elbow bumping. She was doing the elbow bump. Yeah, okay. I don't know if the sick thing she's is not, just a cover. She's. I've met her a couple of times. This yeah, year, she's she's probably, not, I, I wouldn't want to be touching everybody's like hand Denzel. either. If I was Denzel's her. not either. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Also, don't, if you meet Denzel, don't touch him on his body. Don't he really t- doesn't. Don't, don't try like and touch him. He doesn't like that. Um, but also, Universal um, passed five billion at the global box office this week, thanks to the like of. Pickable me three. We're going to send them um, a, a, a muffin basket. Yeah, I think we will. So, congratulations. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I did. Obviously, uh, Fate of the Furious really helped them again this year. A couple of really strong movies. The likes of Splits. Um, they're the, they're the steadiest, most consistent studio. But Fate, uh, Fate of the Furious Disney. was one of the weaker films of the summer for me. I was really looking forward to it. Yeah. I do like the franchise. It was one of their offbeat ones one of their off years in that franchise we're gonna um, spend uh, still well, though. a couple minutes talking about the globes and then we're gonna yep. get into top tens um any any big surprises for you with the globe nominations uh i i mean between that and sag how is how is jake gyllenhaal not getting nominated what is wrong with yeah. people yeah I mean, I, we'll talk about this when we do the top tens, but but Stronger this year was one of the most, uh, contained so many excellent performances and was such a well-made movie. I'm abs- I'm genuinely, genuinely pissed that he's not getting more recognition. How does, this. like, Kumail Nanjiani not get a best actor in a comedy or musical yeah. nod? How, like, how does The Greatest Showman get in over The Big Sick? I know you liked it more than me. But I did, but I, I mean, think there are better, this is like apples and oranges here. Yeah. Fucking the big sick is a great movie, and I, I just can't believe that the HFPA went for greatest mud uh, for the greatest showman. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, Wonder Woman got shut out. Yeah. Were you surprised by that? You think that if not anybody in, was going to go for it, it would have been the globe? Entirely. I mean, we, we've had this. We, we you know, we, we've had the uh, we've had the discussion with 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 Kroll a number of times as well. It's like I I, I don't really see. I have never seen that as anything other than technical awards when it comes to award season this year. I mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think it's going to be like you know. I, I'm kind of disappointed for Patty that she hasn't got a best director nomination. But do I think it's the she's one of the best directors this year? She's on the list, but I she's not in a on short list. That's the thing. Me. There was a so there was a lot of contra- there was a job. lot of talk uh, about how the Globes snubbed all the female directors. I, I, it's like I, I feel like I'm going to get myself in trouble even saying this, you know, which is which is fucked up because I'm just expressing an opinion. But there were no like I know Greta Gerwig 
did a good job with Lady Bird, but I mm. didn't think any of the people who I would really put up for best director would were female directors. No, I, I would hundred percent. I was hundred percent agree, and I think the thing is with this, we have to be careful that even though we both are very big supporters of, of women course. in the industry and female directors, and right through the production mm-hmm. um, tree, but. The, oh, if you have a cause like this that you are trying to fight, there is few things that harm it more yeah. than tokenism. Yeah. And, you know, you don't just... Otherwise, you completely defeat the purpose. And they have done fantastic jobs. And, you know, we obviously felt differently about Detroit this year, but Catherine Bigelow, yeah, see, you know, again... Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you can't, you can't... It really defeats the purpose of supporting women in film if you're just going to go, you're in it because you're a woman. I just don't think amongst and the films the, this year... the women the want films. that either. I, I, yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. I agree. I, I, like, exactly. I love Catherine Bigelow. I think she's incredibly talented. Yeah. I've been a huge fan... For, for for I can't even remember how long, but I, I hated Detroit and and so yeah, I know you did. Yeah. yeah, it's like if people think that she should be nominated for best director, do like know, do you know how we 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 get moved towards having more women nominated best director if, if we have more women in the industry, more and, directing period, um, and yes. they just direct more films a- period. A- as absolutely, you say. yeah, and then they 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 get it there because they're. They're the best films, the directed by them rather than it's just purely like because I, I wanted to respond to some of these articles and, and uh, you know tweets, sort of putting that out, out there. But I, you can't even do that. You can't even have the conversation these days. It's, it's very so difficult. why, why it's even very bother? Difficult. Yep. But I, I agree with you on that. Um, anything from SAG? All uh, oh, right, the post got shut out. I thought that was kind of interesting. I was very surprised. And the Globes honored all the money in the world, which they got. You know, the HFPA got yeah. a really uh, peek at the unfinished yeah. film. I did think the post was going to be nominated purely because of. Who yeah. was who's in it and the heritage behind that movie and also the current political climate? Um, I was very surprised. It's one of my favorite films of of the year, um, but I I was very surprised. Here's the here's the okay. Here's the other one I wanted to talk about, which also I, I yeah. wanted to weigh in on, but it's just it's too fucking dangerous. Okay, Daniel Kaluuya mm. in Get Out getting a SAG nomination over Jake Gyllenhaal and Daniel Day Lewis. This is insanity. Like I, I don't know. Like things have gone too far. Like he he's good in the movie, yeah. and, P, and so the argument 100%. was, well, if he's good, why doesn't he deserve a nomination? It's not about deserving a nomination. Yeah. A lot of people do nomination worthy work each year. Yep. And I was really impressed with Daniel Kaluuya, who have, I've been paying attention to a lot longer than fucking you. Uh, but to say that he was better than Jake Gyllenhaal or Daniel Day Lewis is just not true. Yeah. It's it's just not true. Yeah. Um. You can be very good, but just not. I know that these are opinions. Yeah, but like, are they? Are they really? So no, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, I think Jake should have been, uh, and also uh, Miranda Richardson uh, should have got a nod. Uh, Jake's co-star, I think she was excellent in Stronger. Um, I mean, I'm okay with that one. I love Stronger, as you'll see. But But yeah, Jake, I really, I'm just amazed that that Jake is not getting the the nods. But I'm also still, I'm still really pissed that audiences haven't backed that in the UK as well. It just got released in the UK, and it's like it's like the number ten released movie last week with quite you know very disappointing box office. I don't know why people aren't engaging with this movie it's a, it's one of the best films of the year in my opinion but you know with Sh- great performances should we move on to our top 10 let's time. do it top 10 all right guys this is it this is the last segment of the show for it 2017 is. we're gonna run it down from honorable mention uh, and then 10 to 1 and then we're gonna sign off okay so do you want to start or should i are we just doing best we're not doing worst of the year no okay no let's cool. not do worse okay uh, so uh, my honorable mentions let's get that out of the way yep. first of all um wonder woman Thor Ragnarok, The Beguiled, Dunkirk, It, 
and Gifted are my honorable mentions that did not make my top ten. Okay. My honorable mention is going to go to The Killing of a Sacred Deer, which I thought was uh, the best horror movie of the year. I'll do respect to mm. Get Out uh, and, and certainly It. Um you know, it's not a horror movie on its face, but it was it was a psychological horror movie. I thought uh, Yorgos Lanthimos just did a, a great job, sort of it was it just holding me in the grip of his hand. Like he, he was a master of tone, and, and Barry Cogan was really creepy as hell. So. I have unfortunately not been able to see that yet, but I will do check it out very soon. All right, here we go. Let's the top text. ten list number ten: Simon Thompson, The Post. Directed by Steven Spielberg, starring What'd you love about newcomers Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks. Um, I just, uh, even though it is a film that has things that I I didn't particularly love, um, I, I think it's a very timely movie. I thought it was one of the best films that Steven Spielberg has done as a director um, in the last sort of ten years. Um, mm-hmm. I think cinematography was fantastic. Um, I thought Meryl Streep's performance was very measured. Sometimes she really went. You know, the, 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 the range, the color in her performance was great. When she needed to, to go full force, she could, and then she needed to, to hold it back. I thought Tom Hanks was just brilliant. Um, I thought also the supporting cast were, did an exemplary job with this. Um, and it's a movie that it's a little bit slow to start, and I liked, I liked that fact that it does, you know, build throughout the film. Um, and at the end, I, it just is a film that really left me satisfied, and I feel that it delivered. And it did, I think, what it set out to do. And I think also to make a film of that quality within the time that they were able to do it, I think that also has to be considered because it's not easy to make a film of that quality in that amount of time, especially when you look at Hollywood, and we mentioned this the other week, where people can spend two years making a movie and it simply doesn't deliver creatively, narratively, or performance-wise. So that's why. We'll probably have to keep it a little bit shorter, uh, shorter yeah, because uh, we've got 20 movies to basically get through. Um, but uh, but I, I, I certainly respected the post a little bit more than I outright loved it. Mm. Um, uh, it did really, though, capture the button of that, that feeling when you're yeah. about to push the button on a, on a big story. Uh, my number 10 uh, is going to be a surprising one. Uh, I always like to save the 10 spot on my list for a smaller film, and I'm going with Shock Collar. I had a great time with Shock Collar. It was, uh, I, just, I, I loved it. I thought it was gritty, ballsy. Mm. Um, uh, Nikolai Koster-Waldo really impressed me. Uh, it was just the kind of like, you know, B-movie B that, that I love to see. So, cool. um, Number nine for me, War for the Planet of the Apes. This is how you do... Uh, you know, a tentpole right. Um, I thought it was beautifully performed, rendered. I loved the score. I loved uh, Andy Serkis's Caesar. I just thought Matt Reeves did a great job with this. My number nine is War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, X. baby, an agreement. Finally, this yeah. is maybe the yeah. only time we agree today. I think it probably is actually. Yeah. Uh, what did yeah. you love about it? Everything, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I, I love the franchise anyway. I have right through from the original movies, not the Tim Burton one, um, but that's understandable. Uh, and, and to me, again, I think this really moved the franchise on very nicely. Consistently strong performances. I think just everything was delivered with heart. It had that little bit of levity in there as well. It was just a brilliantly balanced and hugely captivating movie. Should have done better at the box office this year. I think it was criminal that it didn't. It did well, but it could have done better. Um, and I, I just genuinely, again, just left me very it satisfied. really just made it's, it's yeah. Quite a feat, yeah. you know. These apes, you, you really think they're real up there. Yeah. Um, number eight for you, Baby Driver. Whew. 
Okay. Yeah, Baby Driver. Um, it's a film that I was not sure. I'm a fan of, of Edgar's work. Um, this, to me, it just ticked all the boxes. I thought there were some great performances. I would have liked to see some of the characters given a little bit more to do. I think some of them were wasted, but I think the way that it was cut, um, I, I, again, I visually, I really liked it. I thought the tone was excellent, and I really liked that ensemble cast. And I think Edgar did a really, really excellent job with this. I thought that movie went off the rails in the third act. I can't believe Ansel got a nomination over Kumail. That's wild. Uh, number eight, The Florida Project, for me. Uh, I just thought it was so alive, so full of feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's such humanity in Sean Baker's work. Uh, I like how he casts his projects. Um, yeah, I, I just, it's just, uh, it was a, a really wonderful kind of slice of life movie. So check out The Florida Project if you haven't seen it. Um, number seven for me is going to be The Disaster Artist. Okay. Uh, I caught this one with just the right crowd, Midnight Madness in Toronto, which maybe played into how much I, I liked it. But I did rewatch it recently, and, and it held up. Um, I just think there's a lot of heart, and, and then I love the message that it sends with you know guys who come out to Hollywood, and the town says, "Listen, there's there's no place for you here," and they say, "No, we're gonna we're gonna stick around. We're gonna do it yeah. on our own." Um, and, and it's a really touching movie about friendship. So the Disaster Artist was my number seven. What was yours, Logan? All right. Yeah, that'll be on my list a little bit later. Consistently, consistently strong in every way, and I really like the fact that, especially within the Marvel universe, again for reasons that similar reasons that I like the Last Jedi, it did something really different. It took it took quite a few risks, um, pushing it darker, pushing it harder, and I just again, it was just such a satisfying film right across the board from performances, visuals, etc. Uh, number six for you. The Disaster Artist. All right. Yeah. Again, for exactly the same reasons that, that you liked it. I, uh, I That film gave me so much joy. There are only a handful of films this year that have moved me uh, in a positive uh, way. that had me smiling or laughing or crying, and this was one of those. I was grinning like a twat <laughs> all the way through that movie. Grinning like a twat. That'll be on uh, A24's Twitter feed in no time. Uh, my number six is I, Tanya. Uh, I've seen this Fargo-esque dark comedy a handful of times now. I thought it was uh, funny, sad, and, and maybe just the most entertaining movie I've seen all year. Um, you know, it was like a, a close kin to Fargo. I thought uh, Margot Robbie was tremendous. Yeah. Alison Janney was terrific. Really liked Sebastian Stan and Paul Walter Hauser. I'm looking uh, forward to catching that. I yeah. haven't done that yet. Uh, just on the uh, just in the chat on yep. the fact that we both had Disaster Artist, Don Draper saying it only pays off if you care about The Room, and he doesn't. I have to be honest with you, I had never seen The yeah, Room. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen The Room. I genuinely love the film that, as a film. Yeah, that I, doesn't play I into it at all. I disagree with that. Uh, number five for me was Logan. Okay. Um... I just thought this is how you do a comic book movie, man. You know, I don't love comic book movies, but this one was tremendous. Uh, it had real depth and feeling and weight to it. And Hugh Jackman, uh, believe it or not, I never ever would have thought I would have said be saying this right now. Top five male lead performances of the year. Agree. Uh, number five for me is The Big Sick. Mm-hmm. Um, it was higher in my chart. Uh, and I, this is a film I've watched a number of times since I saw it originally uh, but I think there have been a couple of movies that came out in the last couple of months that just slightly pipped it and it's very close at the top of mine but yeah I mean the big sick it just again it just kept me so happy I thought it did something different it was really human the performances were great really nice subtle direction um, and it was just a really even movie it was so consistent I just I, it gave me so much joy number four uh, number four is Stronger 
Um, I, I harped on about this a number of times. I thought the performances were great. I thought the direction was great. It was a film that moved me to tears on more than one occasion. Um, and it's just a phenomenal piece of, of cinema this year. Number four for me was Patty Cakes. Uh, if there was any new director who really impressed me the most this year, it was uh, Jeremy Jasper. I thought he crushed it with this. This movie uh, made me laugh. It made me cry. It made me want to rap. Um, and yeah, Danielle McDonald really impressed me. Uh, the, the whole cast did, including Bridget Everett. Mm. Um, yeah, Patty Cakes. It's a, it's a little gem. So I seek thought that, that out on iTunes. Somewhere. I really did. Uh, number three for me was Call Me By Your Name. I thought it was beautiful, romantic, lush with feeling. I just adored it. Timothy Chalamet, uh, Breakthrough Actor of the Year. This is uh, Army Hammer's best work for sure. And Michael Stuhlbarg, I think, deserves the Best Supporting Actor Oscar. 100%. Um, yeah, I just thought this was excellent. Uh, number three for me is Get Out. Okay. Uh, that was uh, my second favorite film of the year. Um, it's, again, is a film that, and there are only a handful of these films this year third for thing. me. Uh, sorry, third, that I, I, yeah, it's in yeah, okay. it's third place, Get Out. Okay. Um, it was in my second place. Um, I see, I see. But yeah, I, again, it was, it's just, it just oh, did something completely new. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, yeah, and I thought performances were great. Awards worthy, I don't know. But again, it's one of the few films this year that I've actually rewatched. And number two? Number two, The Florida Project. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that was a film that I was not expecting. I don't know why it just resonated with me so much. I thought it was just such a uh, honest uh, and open film with brilliant performances that people who work in Hollywood for like 20, 30 years sometimes don't turn in performances this solid. Uh, I thought Willem Dafoe was great as well. I mean, everything about this film I, I genuinely really loved. My number two was The Big Sick. Uh, which I just thought was more consistently delightful than Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm. Um, Call Me By Your Name kind of packs a bigger punch at the end. Uh, but God, I thought I thought Kumail really asserted himself and, and proved himself a leading man to watch with this role. I, I love the script. It was uh, maybe the, the best script of the year. I loved Ray Romano and Holly Hunter as the parents. Um, this was just a joy. And, and uh, credit to Michael Showalter, who really has not gotten an, enough credit yep. this award season. Uh, number one, Simon, give it to me. My number one film of the year is Call Me By Your Name. Wow. Um, there have been, this has been a very mixed year for film, and there are only a handful of films that have genuinely stayed with me for long after I have watched them. Um, and Call Me By Your Name is one of them. There, That, to me, is just beautiful you feel like you're not watching a movie you feel like you're a fly on the wall like you're in that room um it was just an absolute triumph and i think just the last five or ten minutes alone just affect you in more ways certainly for any other film i've seen this year it just destroyed me i love that film i was not i did not know where that was gonna rank for me but that's my film of the year and my number one movie is as you might have guessed stronger i know i'm biased being from Boston, but I was just uh, super impressed and bowled over by this movie. I think it's uh, you know David Green, David Gordon Green at the, the peak of his powers. Jake Gyllenhaal uh, just blew me away. Tatiana Maslany impressed me. You know she's not an actress who I'd really seen a lot of her work because I don't watch Orphan Black. Um, Miranda Richardson, the whole the whole ensemble, whether it's Lenny Clark or Clancy Brown, like yeah. I, I just thought this movie was was terrific. And if it had come out in 1972 and starred somebody like Dustin Hoffman. Uh, yeah. the the 1972 Dustin Hoffman. We'd still be talking about it today as yeah. a classic. I, I just uh, all the choices that David makes were great. Um, so I think we had seven of the same movie. So stronger. Yeah. The we, big sick. Yeah. So, Call me by your name. Yep. Yeah. Logan. Yep. Yeah. Get out. Uh, the disaster artist. Yep. Yeah. 
The Florida Project. Yep. War for the Planet of the Apes. Yeah. No, Get Out was not on my list. Oh, was it not? No. no. So okay. seven out of ten. We agreed on. Yeah. That's um, pretty good. That's yeah, more than impressive. Previous years. Did you think it was a good year overall for twenty uh, for twenty seventeen <sighs> no, for movies? Uh, I didn't, uh, and box office has reflected that as well. But I think it was a great year for some really good storytelling. Um, I'm just there are some films I'm just disappointed that, that audiences didn't engage with. Uh, we have to ask questions about why that is. Um, but no, I mean, genuinely, I thought it was there was there was way more middling this year. I think there I'll was fewer genuinely take. bad movies, yeah. a lot more middling, and then the, it was actually quite difficult to put together my top ten this year. Not because it's like, what do I put in? It's like, how do I round it out to, to ten? And that tenth spot was quite difficult. I didn't me. struggle so much with the, with the top ten list as much as I did my upcoming, if I had a ballot yeah. feature, uh, just filling out like the fifth slot on both best actor and best supporting actor was yeah. was kind of tough. But if you look at all so, those, uh, both of our great, tens. great year for female performances, really though good. I will say that much. There was yeah. a, a a lot to choose from. Yeah, uh, and hopefully I'll get one more today with Michelle Williams and all the money in the world. Which but I'm it's seeing. it's interesting to see that how how similar our lists are this year. Yeah, and also the fact that how diverse those films are in the kind of movie they delivered. And Lady Bird was not on either one. It was, was not. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen it, so I didn't want to just shove oh, it in okay, there to okay, be okay. a thing. Okay. But I, you know, I know I haven't seen it yet. But I also I, I don't know if it would make the top ten. It probably have to be exceptional. Okay. So final show. That'll do it. That, that'll do it, big guy. Any, any New Year's resolutions? Uh, no. To see more movies? No, I yeah. <laughs> Probably, probably I think that is it, actually. I kind of held back on that a bit this year, but uh, I've only seen them because I had to for work yep. rather than seeking them out. Uh, while we're off, there's a couple of big movies coming out. Pitch Perfect 3, uh, The Greatest Showman, Jumanji, and The Post, we, yeah. which we, we can't review. A lot of those are under embargo. Um, but yeah, it's, we're going to be really interesting to keep an eye on that over the holidays. But uh, what, are you, what are your plans? You're going back to Boston, right? Nope. I'm staying here. Staycation. Going nice. to enjoy myself. Nice. Catch up on Dark and some Netflix stuff. Yeah, I'm going to sit my ass down when there's no work for like four or five days mm-hmm. I'm going to catch up on a load of stuff just that I've eat missed. a lot of jingle just jangle <laughs> jingle jangle yeah. um, guys thank you so much for watching us this year on yep. the Popcorn Talk Network it is appreciated make sure to spread the word yep. along with the holiday cheer uh, rate comment subscribe and all that good stuff we appreciate your viewership uh, we do and if you like it, do tell everybody. Yeah. Um, because a lot of you do interact with us either on the the, the, uh, the the comments on YouTube afterwards or on Twitter. But it's great that we have this conversation with you, but let's take it outside of that and get other people to watch it. We get a lot of compliments on the show. Um, help us increase our audience. Uh, and you can be the guy that tell people about this great show that you love so much. Be that guy. We would appreciate it. Um, Simon, where can the good folks find you? You can find me on Twitter at ShowbizSimon. Same on Instagram, and I have a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. And I'm Jeff Snyder, editor-in-chief of the Tracking Board, tracking-board.com. Lots of exciting things coming to that site in the new year. Uh, Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TheInsnyder. And watch me on the Schmodown next week. The Schmodown Spectacular, December 22nd. Taking down Drew McWeeny and Sam Levine. I'm coming for you, boys. This Everybody, have a happy new year, a Merry Christmas, whatever holiday you celebrate. Yep. You just met the movie press. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.